3: Plus. World famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Program. Run and Jiggy
4: you know how you do it. You know what I'm Keep it all
3: the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas.
5: Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I a have linguist. no idea. <laughs> I, I didn't that. know you were but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith.
3: <laughs> Call Jiggy right now, 267-22 Jiggy.
2: Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? You be <laughs> that, uh, David David song. Jiggy Blake Guitar Jeff, It's a great name, and Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting? I'm, I'm
5: Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and, uh, see a few
3: of my drinks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew
5: what freedom was until I saw you lose yours.
0: Welcome to our next edition of the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Coast to coast and Boda to Boda on the tune in on the iTunes. Radio loyalty. Stitcher and the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store. JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 20 balls, seven replays replay exclusive news and programming information. It is the Wednesday edition of our broadcast. Jeff Cantor is going to be our guest here in just a few moments. I am trying to dial his number on Skype audio, and we are going to go to him here in just a few seconds. Jeff Cantor is going to join us. Jeff is absolutely amazing, and there is Jeff. How are you, my friend? It's James Lowe from iHeartRadio. How are you today? Hey, hi there. How are you? (laughs) Pretty good, actually. I am uh, glad that we were able to... To get you on the Skype today, we've got uh, Jeff Cantor with us today. He is the co-founder of my Academy of Health Excellence, putting health back into health care, control Medicare expenses, any doctor or any hospital. And uh, we are going to chat with him today here on our broadcast. We are going to pull in our other our other panelists here, IQL Rizzoli, and, of course, uh, the best-selling author, uh, Mr. Dan Perkins, who uh, I know is going to have some, uh, some, some questions. Here for uh, for Jeff Also Don Mazzella as well Is going to join us And um, we are going to go And bring them in here Now uh, as I mentioned Jeff Cantor is a co-founder Of my Academy of Health Excellence It's putting health back into health care It's control medical medical expenses Any uh, any doctor or any hospital And uh, I believe IQL Al Rizzoli has joined us How are you sir?
2: I am fine Happy New Year. <laughs>
0: Thank you, thank you, and uh, we are patiently waiting on Dan and Don to join us here, and uh, Jeff Cantor is going to be our featured guest here, uh, here on our uh, big broadcast today, and uh, it is a, uh, I guess it is a New Year's uh, edition, I guess is what we we could say. Um, Jeff, first of all, tell us a little bit about your organization and uh, all the different things that you do with your organization. Okay, thank you,
5: and, and hello to everybody, and Happy New Year as well. Um, you can find all the particulars about the organization as far as what it will do for your health and, and all the rest of that at our regular website, which is healthexcellenceplus.com. That's the actual name of the product. But the idea is it's it's to recapture the original idea of healthcare, which was a bottom-up approach. Every single thing else that's out there largely is designed around these days, the top, the idea of a top-down approach that they're gonna dictate pricing, they dictate, you know, who you go to, a whole array of other things are controlled by others, and not only are they restricting the consumer, but they're also dictating to the doctor what they're to do as well. And so realistically, what people prefer is for them than the doctor to be in control of the situation, and everything else to be ancillary and supportive of that relationship. So that's really the, the core of what we're doing. Obviously, that requires different tools and whatnot, and so we can get into to that. But the bottom line for the consumers, I want something that puts me in control, that's well-priced, that lets me utilize and go anywhere I wish, and it's simple and easy to use. And So those are the key operative things that we're doing.
0: Yes. Now, um, you, you were mentioning that, uh, that, that, that there's a lot of uh, details here. Go into some of these details.
5: Certainly. Well, you know, in your health world, there's a lot of aspects to it. We tell everybody you need a healthy care strategy, not a, you know, some simplistic singular product. You know, it's like if you have a home, you have homeowners. Well, that's hardly the strategy for your house. That protects it from being burnt down. But what about mowing the lawn and everything else? You need to have a, a strategy around that, too, and same like your health. I, I, it's great to have something that's going to pay for a heart attack or a broken
0: Okay. (laughs) We lost, we lost Jeff. And, uh, it is a video scheduler internal air, which I always love. I love the video scheduler internal air, whatever the hell that means. Um, but, uh, we are gonna be getting back to Jeff here in just a few moments. Uh, it's, it's Happy New Year, kids. That's that's all it is. It's Happy New Year. Um, Why we wait on Jeff to uh, to get back with us here. Let's do a musical showcase uh, here on our big program. If you uh, want to get a hold of us on uh, Facebook, uh, TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, any of the fun places, you can do so. Uh, JiggyJaguar.com. By the way, we are going to get to our uh, musical showcases here in just a few seconds. I, I, I forgot. Musical showcases are loaded on the production computer, which is just what rebooted in front of us. So uh, we are going to. Um, we're going to have all sorts of fun here pretty quick. Uh, get a hold of us uh, each and every day over there uh, online, jiggyjaguar.com. Our musical showcases, we are going to go to. Uh, K Bizzle here in just a few moments. Kay Bizzle has that. And, uh, it is, uh, why we, why we wait on Skype and we wait on all these other things to reboot and, and say hello to us. Um, we are going to go to Kate Bizzle. It's like that. And it's here on the world famous Chiggy Chequah Radio Broadcast Hip Hop Showcase.
4: Like it, like it, like it, like she like it, like it, like it,
0: like that She like it, like it, like it, like it, like that mixer, She like it, like it, like it, like it, like that Shorty said she like it, like that That's Kay Bizzle She like it like that Oh yeah We're gonna go to our next musical showcase Here on our big broadcast Major D star Solo Oh so low Yeah Check out MajorDStar.net for more information. Right now, it's Solo from Major D Star.
1: cause the Rossi got me slow-mo. Diamonds flashing, got the paparazzi taking photos. Later when I pull up, cause the Rossi got me slow-mo. Every time she pull up, she be going for the low. Diamonds flashing, got the paparazzi taking photos. I don't with this, I swear I be moving slow I be moving solo dolo, and I'm riding with that fofo. Just because a major, don't believe the hype. If you thinking you can play it, better think twice. I just put a laser, so you know it's on sight. Ain't nobody finna say it, you better get it right. You can tell I'm getting paid by the that I'm wearing. You can tell I got it made. It's so apparent. It ain't hard to tell by the way that these be staring. Ain't all these diamonds in my chain, how these be glaring, and if I fuck with what's their name, I don't need care be caring, they wasn't with me through the pain, only when I was there. all my niggas, we the same, if I don't f*** with you, damn do you, all my niggas, we the same, if I do f*** you, damn do you. Later when I pull up, cause the Rossi got me slow up. every time she pull up, she be going for the low, got Miss got the paparazzi taking photos up, Cause I swear I be moving solar. so low Lay when I pull up Cause hey, then Rossi got me slow bro. Every time she pull up She be going for the low blah. Got my expression Got the paparazzi Rossi taking photos I Cause I swear I be moving so low I want it right now Ain't no time to be waiting Been overdue so I'm getting impatient If you knew like I knew You be thinking the same My niggas on the tune We all on the same This a real Gotta stick to the call In with the new and out with the old Let me take you to school, ain't no jack in the flow She said she on the way, so I'm tracking yo As soon as she arrives, she throwing the net. I'm telling you right now, just out of respect I'm telling you right now that I am the best Nothing more, nothing less I am all about a check, but be talking the right numbers I don't break a sweat, I be flexing the whole summer I be yard net when it's wet, but no jumpers All-star out of the west, ain't no other when I pull up, cause the got me slow-mo Every time she pull up, she be going for the low-blah Got me special, got the paparazzi taking photos uh-huh. Cause I swear I be moving so low Laying it when I pull up Cause Lil' Rossi got slow, bro Every time she pull up She be going for that low, blah Got this question, got the pump Lil' Rossi taking photos I Cause I swear I be moving so low
0: Oh yeah, that's solo, and it is, on the World Famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcast, solo! Oh yeah, oh, that's solo, that's our musical showcase. And uh, we are going to go back to Jeff Cantor, he is going to join us on the uh, Skype audio here in just a few moments. We are going to see if we can pull up Jeff Cantor and... Uh, What we are going to do is we are going to make sure that we have no conflicts in our... um, We're going to make sure we have zero conflicts with this so I can make sure that I can get Jeff Cantor in here. Um, going to go back to it and see if we can get Jeff Cantor had some skype issues there but hopefully jeff Cantor can join us back here and uh i believe iq al risoli has rejoined us how are you sir and there's jeff okay okay sorry, sorry about that we had we had, we had a skype uh, we uh, skype went ahead and rebooted on me so <laughs>
5: I think it was my No, no, no,
0: no, no. You're fantastic, Jeff. No, we sound, you sound excellent. We've got Don Mazzella joining us as well. Um, now, um, now, Jeff, um, let, let's let's talk about this unusual merger of drugstores, insurers, and hospitals. I want to cover this, and then I want you to kind of after we get this covered with our uh, panelists, Don Mazella and IQ here. Um, Don's provided us some topics, and I'd like you to ride shotgun with us and give us some details on those as well. But uh, t- tell us about this merger that the New York Times was reporting on the other day. Well,
5: you know, it's definitely an excellent move on the part of those organizations for themselves. I mean, what could be better than being as vertical as you can? They'll make money on, you know, the insurance, they'll make money on the pharmaceuticals, I mean, or whatever, hospitals having insurance, anybody else that's going into that stuff, it's great for them. But how good is that going to be for you or me? That's where the danger is really going to lie because as we may have discussed on another show, the reality is that if it's like an Amazon or this company's buying, you have to be more efficient and bring down pricing and drive up quantity capabilities. That's great for the consumer, but what's the motivation behind what's happening with these types of mergers? Is it to get to that kind of outcome for you or me, or is it to butter the bread a little thicker on that on their side of
0: the bread? Okay, Don, give us give us your take on that. Don Mazzella, can you hear us, my friend? Look, we might have lost on there. Um, we've got, uh, I, I believe, IQ Razzoli with us still. What what, what what, do you make of this topic, IQ? Well,
2: really, what I wanted to ask was not the New York Times. It's about uh, obesity. Yes. Obesity in America, and because we're discussing health. And obesity mm. is one of the most catastrophic occurrences in the United States of America. Am I right or am I wrong?
0: Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes, it is. Jeff, as a healthcare expert, speak to that.
5: Well, it is. I mean, because, again, look at the nature of what's going on. It's not a bottom-up mentality. Everyone's marketing to us, consumers. Everything on TV is go-ask-your-doctor, You know, all of that kind of stuff. Nowhere, like I was saying before we fell apart there on our call, was the fact that it's got to be between me and my doctor working on my particular problem. Yes. Everybody else seems to be peddling solutions and so on. But the reality of mass manufacturing has led to this obesity and diabetes and all the rest of these issues because no one understands how to eat properly and we're all just trying to be convenient. And we assume everyone's looking out for our best benefit. The ultimate scam I just heard about just this last week was the the problem they're having with people buying pesticide-infected, you know, veggies and then going on the weekend and upcharging and selling that stuff as if it's organic at farmers' markets.
2: <laughs>
5: so the consumer really needs to be uh, completely aware of everything that they're engaged in, and unless they're on the ground from the bottom up, they're never going to get that luxury to be in control. So what he's talking about, it's just going to proliferate if we persist on this bottom-bottom down. I'm sorry, this top-down track that we're on.
0: Can I jump in here? Yes, go ahead, Don. Jump in there.
3: Um, you know, uh, what he's saying is absolutely correct. Uh, when I lost uh, 20, 28 pounds, uh, th- thanks to a um, a, uh, a drug called WellCall, which I recommend to everybody, everything, my entire diabetes, my blood sugar, everything, my went way down. Then, um, after I had my spinal surgery, it went up again, and I'm fighting it back down. So we all know that uh, weight loss uh, and uh, walking every day uh, are two key factors to good success, yet most Americans don't do it. Uh, it it's a sad uh, commentary, and... Uh, uh, what I think is even worse but um, is the fact, uh, in my view, Obamacare is here to stay because um, uh, Congress uh, did away with the thing that irked people most, which was uh, the fact that they were required to have health care, but didn't uh, do away with a lot of the other issues uh, which are just as important, uh, such as uh, you, uh, you couldn't re- uh, refuse them. Uh, refuse uh, uh, new patients, etc. Does um, uh, would our guests like to comment on that?
5: Certainly, and I think what what it may have a, a some incarnation when you say it's here to stay. But the reality is what it's allowing now is to things sort of move back towards some market concept where people can buy short term coverage and other versions of insurance or forego you know, some of the stuff that's comprehensive and just get catastrophic coverage because, you know, I can pay for the little stuff, but I'm fearful of the big hospital bill. So it's going to start to get some market flexibility back into, the into you know, our reality. Um, and that has to accelerate. I mean, because the problem really is that there's... The, the biggest challenge by far is the fact that the government is trying to somehow be involved. They oh, can't seem to leave any part of it alone. and And I always like to show the one thing that has largely been left untouched by government since its inception, and that's LASIK eye surgery. And the the reality of it is that the quality has gone up, the cost has gone down, it's proliferated, the technology's improved, and insurance has never paid for it along the way, and the government's pretty well left it alone other than making sure they're not hurting people. And, And look at how great it's become. Why is none of that innovation occurring in all these other facets of medicine? Because, again... It's top-down, whatever channel you choose. Is it government top-down? Yeah. Is it insurance top-down? Corporate top-down? Everybody's got their finger in that pie, but you and me as the consumer or the doctor, and I do, it's all supposed to help us, and, and it really is not even addressing us directly on what we want or prefer. And of course, having all those extra layers between me and my provider or whatever it is that I think I've got, how's that going to make anything cheaper? It's going to make it more expensive, and they always have one, you know, simplicity in mind. I, in a prior incarnation, I used to work with an organization where they had a singular buyer, and then they went to buying by committee. And the minute oh. they shifted to buying by committee, nothing would pass muster. When the one person was the buyer, everything was a reflection of their personality and their, eye, and their eye. But with committee, no one could offend anybody. So therefore, vanilla—that was about it. Anything else, forget it. You know, we couldn't have that. And the same happens here too. Governments want to keep it controlled and quantifiable. Look at all that IDC coding. I mean, how crazy is that becoming? What's going to be the next? What's going to be IDC 11 codes? I can't wait to see what those will be. (laughs) So, you know, it's all about big data and all this control. And their thought process is maybe we can get rid of the doctor altogether. If we (laughs) smarten up those analytics and get that AI cooking, we can tell the doctor, you know, in two weeks this person's going to have this back issue. And here's what you start prescribing them or do for them today – and the doctor doesn't mean anything in the equation anymore. And that's kind of where it seemed like it's going to try to go, if we don't take back control of it. So it comes down to you and me as consumers getting back in charge and not continually looking to somebody or some other thing to fix it, because i got news for you, they never will, because there's no vested interest in them in doing that whatsoever.
3: You sound suspiciously like a consumer-directed health care person, but I think you go far beyond that. Uh, am I correct?
5: Well, I am, because it's not like it's just where it's, you're treating everyone else with abandon. I mean, you need to be all-inclusive like you described. But, you know, any doctor worth their salt will t- typically tell you that if I give this same medication to 10 different people, I'm going to get 10 different reactions from them. So everything needs to be customized around that patient. And and really more, in truth, if we really want to get better controls, it's, it's about outcomes. So that really means, and I don't mean like outcomes like, oh, you know, you're too old for me to give you this hip replacement type of a mentality, which is kind of what the single-payer approach typically is. But that it has to be towards disease curing, not just managing sy- symptoms indefinitely, because that's profitable for a big farmer or anybody else to, to have you die in a slow fashion but better if they can get you off that diabetic medication or, or let you get rid of that obesity and not have to go to the extreme maybe of doing bariatric surgery. There's, there's less extreme things we can try to do. But there's more money to be made delivering those types of services. So that's why I said the bottom-up approach is the only way that's going to work, and there's a lot of doctors and providers and all kinds of organizations that can't wait to give high-quality care without trying to take advantage of everybody's situation where the profit motive is the only thing that's come into play anymore because look at how they've decimated the doctors in the hospital environment. When it was a patient-doctor office, it was great, but the minute they became an automaton of a hospital where they've got 15 minutes and then it's next, where's (sighs) that passion? Where's that that soul in that doctor's office? Completely gone. I might as well be just buying rice and beans down at the grocery store because that's exactly the same personal involvement that there is any longer
3: if that persists. Can I, Jiggy, can I ask another question? Oh, yeah.
0: Jump in there, my friend. Jump in there.
3: Um, um, with the average uh, deductible now approaching $5,000, and what is it? Depending on wh- which figure, over 70% of all Americans never, never spend above uh, $1,700 uh, in annual uh, expenses. Um, is Is anything but catastrophic insurance really necessary?
5: You know, in some respects, it isn't. I mean, you know, the, the truth of it is you really need to have a strategy. I mean, that's the, the pretest that we've designed our programs around is that, you know, just having the insurance or anything that's going to pay for some large medical bills is great because you really do need to protect your financial well-being, and that's really what it's to do. But as I was indicating before, if we talk about a house or a car, there's a lot of this maintenance stuff that has to take place, which has a cost to it as well. And then also how frequently do people remember to check the air in their tires and every other kind of thing. So it needs to be designed into what it is that they've got that in the end may pay for that big hospital bill, but it's built on a daily proactive basis because unless I have a track to run on or a mechanism or some you know, reward system or something to remind me or however you want to kind of frame it, all those little aspects of it, you need that. And then you also need to be prepared for contingencies. So simple example, you know, we make sure that it incorporated as a 24-hour-a-day doctor. And a lot of people say, well, what do I need that for? I never go to the doctor. But lo and behold, it gets to be a well-used product because people suddenly get sick on a Saturday and realize, oh, you know what, I can call a doctor right now. So you really have to have all the right tools to cover every type of person there is, but again, work on that individualized basis, which is the essence of all of this stuff. And then lo and behold, what we've found and what our prices reflect, it's a lot cheaper when you're proactive than if you wait till disaster always strikes. It's a lot cheaper to change the oil in your engine than it is to buy a new engine for your car. And that's exactly how we function in the medical world. We're waiting for the engine to break. And then we say, huh, maybe you should get a bypass, you know, a triple bypass or something. Why did we wait till it got to that level?
3: You're so right. Um, but uh, l- let me ask you then the other question. What are you going to rep- recommend that the the, uh, the, the Republicans in-, in control right now should do?
5: Huh. That's a great one. We should ask of the government to do the one thing they're unable to do, which is to leave us alone. But short of that... They really need to kind of follow the guidelines that, that Rand Paul has put out there. I mean, he's a doctor, and, and the other couple of medical professionals that are in Congress have had similar thought processes, and you really need to open it up more, and one of the real simple ways to do it is to expand what you can do with an HSA. And for those mm-hmm. who don't, don't really know about it, because a lot of people have not popularized those, and they've really become kind of bad situation with health insurance because they're only tied to plans with incredibly high deductibles, not all that many people willing to take, so they don't get a chance to get to a health savings account. But all of the things that you normally could not necessarily pay with your health insurance, you know, the the deductible like you described, or maybe I needed to get my kids some braces or whatever, I could use my health savings account to write all of that off on my taxes. And that would hold true over and above the new tax bill that took place. So what we're proposing is maybe if they opened it up even further and let consumers pay for their monthly premium with their health savings account would dramatically change and make it far more affordable, you know, the use of these products. Then there's other issues that would help foster the cost coming down. But just the restrictions the government's putting on consumers on how and where they're allowed to spend their money is is causing problems in our world as far as costs going up. So there's a lot of things that can be done. In other words,
3: well, you know, uh, but, uh,
5: but they're going to have to fight because you know the problem is just to finish the point because they're going to have to battle it out with the other party at the very least against any constituents' wants. And of course, people want everything and they don't understand that things have a cost and they want to appease everybody because I'm going to be reelected. So that's why it's best if they try to get out of it. But if they can't, then let's open it up enough where we have more control of our dollars because at least the consumer can use the dollars where it's smarter for them to spend it. And then if we provide them those places to go to spend smarter, they will. But right now, they don't have any latitude with these dollars. It's all tied up.
3: (laughs) You're very true, but the, uh, across my desk came a, a story today that um, uh, the the uh, insurance companies are really going to benefit from the various changes coming on uh, coming th- down the pike, and that uh, uh, in the end they will become more profitable. What do what do you say to that?
5: Well, yeah, I, I would concur. I could have guessed that before he even broached it, because who wrote all these bills? They did. They were responsible for this legislation, in every which way it's framed, and it's packaged and delivered to politicians to then kind of reconstitute any way they do, and then get it passed. So, yeah, it's going to be fantastic for them. And look at look at why you know, everybody's sort of complaining in a consumer standpoint. It really would be pretty horrific, because as a simple example, in the UK, it's gotten so extreme now that they can't afford so many different things, that once you pass a certain age limit and both of your eyes are deteriorating, they test the eyes to figure which of the two is better they operate on the one eye and they give you a patch to the other wow so the the (laughs) single payer mentality degenerates in the end to a place that's not a pretty place and so as a consequence when you're letting people get what they want then you're going to have problems with these costs if they're being controlled
0: We've got uh, Jeff Cantor with us today. He is a fantastic, fantastic guest. And uh, we've also got Don Mazzella with us today from SB Digest and IQ Al Rizzoli, the big star. Uh, a, a lot of folks are uh, just love IQ on, on this broadcast and uh, love some of the different things that he espouses and talks about but uh, uh we're, we're, we we want to get into some other topics here with our guest as well. Um Don suggested uh we, we talk a little bit about the Democratic Party. Um they need to show strength, unity. Uh the tax cut severely weakened it. Have high have high tax states and must find ways to offset changes and fund future progressive in- initiatives. Don start there my friend and then we'll get uh Jeff's comments as well.
3: Oh, I'd, I'd love to, because that, uh, in essence, I don't know whether you, um, other people have um, recognized it like I, uh, see it like I do, but the fact that the tax bill was passed without a single Democratic vote, uh, to me, is an indication of the uh, decline of the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, wh- whether you like the bill or not, something was done, something that uh, put uh, depending how you hear it, three, four, or five thousand dollars in the pocket of American in, in 2018, uh, and the Democrats. What are they talking about? They're talking about harassment. They're talking about impeachment. They're talking about Russians, but they're not talking about a plan or anything that will excite the American people. They've got about five months till we start the uh, the true uh, midterm election season to to get their act together. We have a uh, uh, mayor De Blasio saying that the New York City is going to become the fairest city in America, and who's sitting on the stage with him but Bernie uh, Sanders? Um, we had the governor of my state, New Jersey, having his pet law firm just issue a um, uh, and get this, fellas. They expect within the next two years to, to the state to get one billion dollars in taxes uh, from the uh, recreational marijuana industry. So they're saying, in effect, that uh, let's assume it's thirty percent. They're saying, in effect, that uh, three billion dollars will be spent in New Jersey in the next eighteen months on medical on recreational marijuana. Uh, so uh, this this will enable him to fund his uh, progressive program, uh, what he promised the, uh, the New Jersey people um, in his campaign. But and this is happening across the country. We're having the, Governor Cuomo of New York say that he'll find some ways to mitigate the taxes uh but the the state senate senator uh the senator uh, president of our legislature pointed out an interesting thing he said that um, uh, the new tax bill uh will prevent him from uh, adding taxes to quote the rich and the rich usually mean just about everybody so um, the democrats have a really difficult uh, road ahead. They're also gonna have a different, difficult road and foreign policy. Uh, I don't, I don't know about you, but you know, uh, Donald Trump, uh, hit the boogeyman. He said that, that, could, people said there would be a catastrophe if, uh, we moved the, uh, uh, U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Well, he, he, he hasn't moved them, but he said he was gonna do it. And you know what? The sky, sky hasn't fallen. I mean, there's a a lot of things that the Democrats believe should happen to galvanize the American public and it doesn't seem to be working. That's my initial thought. Uh,
0: Jeff, okay, IQ, jump in there and then we'll have Jeff answer. Go go ahead,
3: IQ. I
2: hope they will continue to do so for the next 100 years. (laughs) I don't want the Democrats ever again to be elected. There are a (laughs) bunch of idiots, do, do good, do nothing. All they have been doing since even before Trump was elected was to try to destroy him. And yet, in spite of all the shenanigans, Trump is number one in the world today. Number one, there's no question about it. He is the most respected leader in the world today, irrespective of what the news media tell you. I know, I listen, Arabic is my language. And most of the people who are talking about Trump, they talk about him with respect, with awe, because they know how much is stacked against him, and yet he has survived. He has done wonders. Look at the Democrats. They want him to keep quiet about Iran. Why should he keep quiet about Iran? Why should he repeat the same disgusting performance? Of 2009, of Barack Obama, the traitor-in-chief. What do you think?
0: Jeff, give give give, give us your take on this, my friend.
5: Well, tell you, it's interesting to see, you know, kind of there's a lot of passion out there. And the reality of, is that, you know, anything, in, you know, you can kind of call them the Democrats or the liberals or, you know, anybody that's kind of in that progressive or any, that whole giant tent that runs from Bernie and even left of Bernie and, and you know, to wherever else you want to kind of put the other goalposts. You know, they, they really have a couple of key things that they've been doing since time immemorial. There's always a segment of the population that can't wait to tell everybody else what to do. So they're of that ilk. You know, the, the Republicans have sort of adopted some of that a little bit. I mean, they used to be a much more laissez-faire, leave-us-alone mentality, but they've sort of got a taste of having control and power, and so that's, you know, Lord Acton's, axiom of power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely is, is showing itself to be very true. And then at the same time, you know, they feel, a lot of them, that they're very smart. You know, they're much smarter than you know, the rest of us. And if they could kind of just get everybody else in line, we'd have a lot less problems in the world. And so just on that aspect of it, and then also look at the, the, the realities of where they seem to make their money, when you start to follow the money they're not interested in launching a lot of independent businesses and any of that kind of stuff typically. They want to work at think tanks and nonprofits and all kinds of different groups and organizations where they're kind of salaried and they're working indoors for the most part. And, you know, to justify what they're doing, they need to continue to pass rules and regulations. So if we pass a very simple law, the next thing you know is the regulators, okay, the law is great, what do we do today kids, hey, I know, why don't we talk about how tall the desk is, and maybe tomorrow we'll talk about how bright the lights are, and, and the whole thing spins out of control, and so it really does, you know, we were saying about what Trump's doing, you know, there's some good and there's some bad for sure, but the best thing that he's done is gone in there and broken up this log jam that I'm describing, because they're scrambling for who's going to survive when, when this was about to occur in Washington who I heard was quaking in their boots were a lot of the restaurateurs, because if Trump came in and that would be the end of all of these lobbyists, where are they all going to go eat? So the whole system is built around milking the consumer and yet not involving or caring about the consumer in the end. And, And that whole progressive liberal mentality is the worst of that kind of culprit because they're going to function on the idea of division used to be everybody was an American. Next thing you know, everybody was a hyphenated American. Well, when did we suddenly get out of the same swimming pool together? I never saw anybody climb out of the pool. We're still all stuck in this place together, yet they somehow act like, well, over here is good and this and that, whatever, and that's their whole idea, divide and conquer, denigrate the other guy, and and a lot of Republicans have started to mimic some of this stuff, and that's what that whole idea of the Tea Party was the consumer, the regular people, trying to break through that political nonsense. And that's why Bernie got so popular, because as crazy as some of the stuff he proposed, at least it wasn't the status quo, that same old stuff we know isn't working. And look what's happening in Iran. They've tried to put those people down one generation after another, and it just keeps coming back because people want to be free. And, And that's what we really need to do here. And if we let those Democrats get back in control, like you said, they're going to work so hard to put that genie back in the bottle that Trump has begun to unleash. And he hasn't even leashed it like he should in many instances. But it's, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a spectacular start. So I'll agree with your your um, guests on that one.
0: We've got uh, Jeff Cantor with us today. We've also got Don Mazzella and IQI Rizzoli. And we're experimenting, uh, streaming the show today on Facebook Live. And we've got a... Uh, We've got a comment from uh Joseph Allen Fears from KSJF Net Radio. He uh he had a question for you guys. He says, I think as a Democrat that my views as a as a black American voter counts, and I don't think these tax laws really apply to many. I don't believe that our president has enough political knowledge to be in office now, and if this was 1977, he would have never been elected. Uh Don, IQ, and Jeff, give us your take on this.
3: May I go first?
0: Yes, go, Don. <laughs> uh,
3: you know... um, I'll I'll defer to our guest, though, if he wants to go first.
0: No, go ahead, Don. Jump in. Go ahead.
3: I'm deferring to you. You know, uh, uh, 1977, let's see, that would be the first year of of, uh, President Carter's uh, administration. And we all know what happened there. But uh, it's an interesting point. I've seen a survey... Um, and you, you know, I take every survey I see with a grain of salt. <laughs> that shows that um, uh, President Trump, amongst blacks, is more popular today than than when he took office. Um, this this survey was done uh, the last, the first two weeks in December. Um, it took about three weeks to really uh, to pull into the numbers. But uh, I'm not saying that he's uh, uh, you know an overriding favorite. But uh, if the the figures that were quoted to me were 19% when he when he um, uh, took office and is now 26%, means that one out of very four blacks now think that he is doing a reasonable job. Now the the second point uh, he said, what did the tax bill do? Well, it doubled your exemption. Uh, if, if nothing, uh, I think the figures, <coughs> excuse me, from the IRS, and please, uh, I'm not uh, Dan on these, um, is that 46 percent of black families uh, take a standard deduction uh, on their inc- uh, when they file an income tax uh, form. So that means that uh, they the standard deduction of twelve thousand now just became twenty four thousand. So uh, there alone, I mean, uh, for a lot of black families, that means there's more money in their pocket. And if the, um, again, these are all uh, uh, space age figures, uh, as I call them, uh, that means that there'll be between three dollars and $4,000 more for you to spend uh, this coming year than you had last year assuming that your salary is the same. But we just heard from the august uh, New York Times, surprise, surprise, that um, uh, salaries are actually inching up as well as um, um, jobs. So um, the, there's three reasons alone. And the other reason is <coughs> if you analyze the number of firsts done by the Republicans rather than Democrats, excuse me, in terms of um f- uh, first black here or first black there, who was the first black supreme court justice and where what party was he with <coughs> so uh, I'll stop right there and turn it over
0: uh jeff give 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 us your take on on uh on some feedback we've gotten off uh off our show here today so far
5: sure sure. Well, it certainly goes to show a pretty effectiveness of the negative press that's been out there because there certainly is a lot of misinformation on this tax program, and and people will begin to really realize it as it starts to take effect. Uh, And and I appreciate that that your um, commentator's pain there because it really has been pretty pathetic and, and really has subjected a lot of small business owners and you know unfortunately the the black Americans are not the only ones stuck in that same barrel. the Hispanics, women, and any kind of kind of just no uh connections, white persons, similarly, they really just have the the, the short end of the stick. But on this, couple of different things have changed that dynamic. I was at a business roundtable uh, not too long ago where an accounting firm was in there explaining to all these business owners what they need to do before the end of the year and you know, make sure you pay these taxes and all these other things because this will be your last year to take advantage of that. And what that really demonstrated was that companies of, the, of a caliber can take advantage of a lot of this stuff. But what that person was describing meant nothing to a minority business of any of those kind I described, including a, a white minority business. But in the new world, they were commenting how that, that this particular firm is fairly sizable. They have a lot of, they didn't really have many black, but they have mostly Hispanic and female entrepreneurs, and that they were going to get the best benefit out of this new tax plan compared to those established companies, because the goal of the plan is to accelerate those people up the food chain and then when you add on top of that all this reduction regulations and so on is going to be huge from that standpoint too. And the fact that in that code you can write off a lot of stuff in the first year. So smaller businesses typically strangled have to amortize something over a lot of years, but the fact that I can buy equipment and pay that off in that same year they're going to find a big difference. And if they're working, they're going to have what you described. I'm not going to have to go through all that itemization that everybody that sort of had a little bit of money coming through their coffers took advantage of because, well, like you said, most people just took a standard deduction. Now that's going to be enormous. Child credit's bigger as well. And then at the same time, the paycheck that they're getting will be bigger. So, I think that that attitude, like you said, that more people will have a favorable opinion of the president, will be accelerate as all of the realities of this tax bill come to fruition, coupled with those regulatory withdrawals. Here, here.
0: Now, IQ, uh, listening to all this, what, 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 are your, what are some of your feedback here, my
2: friend? There is absolutely no doubt in my mind, and I said it even before. The b- black vote will be extremely important for Donald Trump. And when more money goes into the coffers of the black people and more jobs are taken over by black people, they should really think for themselves that for 60 years, the Democrats have used the black vote only to make themselves rich, not the black man. The black man never got anything out of the Democratic Party. And I am a foreigner. I don't live in the United States. I'm not an American citizen. And I see from the outside what was happening and what is happening. Donald Trump has to concentrate, besides everything else, to make sure the blacks will never again, at least the majority of them, will never again vote for the Democratic Party. What do you think?
3: Hmm. You, you're absolutely right, IQ, but um, unfortunately uh, the, the media right now uh, is so heavily weighted um, against donald trump it uh, it 's really uh, interesting um, i i 've talked to in the last three weeks to uh, uh twenty two accountants okay and they 're almost evenly divided um, thir- uh, thirteen to um, nine or, or twelve to whatever twelve to ten that uh, twelve twelve of the accountants thought it was a terrible um, a deal for their clients and 10 of them thought it was a, a, the greatest thing but the interesting about it was that the, the, the people that thought the tax was good for small business actually had small business clients and were outside of the uh, um, New York, uh, the Northeast Illinois and California uh, uh, triangle and uh, I think it's uh, really important um, uh, that, that distinction be made. Unfortunately, if you read, uh, uh, uh the various uh, media on it, and, and now even the accountant journals that I'm getting across my desk, well, uh, keep saying as if, uh, the, the world is coming to an end because of that tax credit. And, the uh, one thing I have to credit Dan with, uh, um, uh, Perkins, our, our other commentator, he pointed, so you know what they're saying? That it's gonna be a trillion dollar deficit. Yet, uh, President Obama ran, ran up trillion dollar deficits each year, and they're only saying over ten years, if at all. So, you know, it's just, uh, just a fascinating, uh, experience watching this. Uh, uh, and in some ways, I'm ashamed of, of the media, because they're not doing a good job. Don, the media. They are corrupt. You know, and I know, and
2: most Americans, I think, get to know it. And you know what? I don't think all Americans or the majority of Americans are stupid. They are waking up. It takes time. Like Europe is waking up to the danger of Islam. Like Donald Trump has woken up to the danger of Islam. To such an extent that he is now accused Pakistan of aiding and abetting the Muslims who destroy Americans in Afghanistan. People are not stupid. People will wake up. It doesn't matter how much the New York Times cracks. It doesn't matter how many times they do that. Sooner or later, there is a point of no return. They will not trust them again, ever. And I'm looking for that.
3: Only 11% of the American public trust the media, according to the Pew study. Well, that
2: should be enough to negate what the media is doing about Trump.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: That negates it. So we will wait for the next few months, between now and next six months, how much money will be in the pockets of Americans. And the more money in the pockets of Americans, the more they will support Trump. It's all a matter of economics. It's the money. Agreed.
3: Agreed. Totally agree.
2: We've got
0: IQL Rizzoli. We have, uh, our good friend Don Mazzella and, of course, uh, Jeff Cantor joining us today here on our big broadcast. We're doing a little bit of an experiment today. Also, uh, streaming the, uh, program out on, uh, Facebook Live as well. Um, another topic that Don wanted to cover today is the, uh, gradual recognition of changes being done in Washington to Trump cabinet appointees. Uh, give us your take on this, Don, because, uh, the, the this is a very interesting topic. I know a lot of folks out there uh, on on our stations and uh, Facebook. I'm sure are very interested about this. Give us your take, my friend.
3: Well, I uh, I just saw another um, uh, comment come across my um, my computer. It's uh, uh, Tuesdays at five o'clock Eastern Time is a time when a lot of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Stories are released but the the one coming across is the fact that gee in the e p a there 's a mass exodus of uh uh employees uh, f- from the department and that it was accelerated in December when they were encouraged uh to leave by uh various inducements and it's it 's happening and as they leave they're they 're blasting uh uh, the EPA administrator for, uh, um, quote, having a toxic effect upon, uh, the workplace. What a, a sad commentary. But while everybody, while the media has been concentrating on, Tr- uh, President Trump, his, uh, sort of cabinet, uh, uh, secretaries, which by the way, if you, uh, there is a, someone is doing a book about it already, is probably one of the most, um, uh, Effective and uh the smartest cabinets assembled in the last um, fifty years or more uh, and in fact uh this scholar is comparing it to the Eisenhower cabinet, which was amongst the if you look go through that list was a who 's who of people who um, knew what they were doing um, and I point out only one thing. Do you realize that the national highway system under President Eisenhower, which he started, uh, came in under budget, uh, under the projected budget when it was finished in 1962? Uh, 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 show me a uh, show me a building program today that comes in under budget. But the the point I'm trying to make is that. Uh, there is a major reshuffling going on, and there was a wonderful ca- uh, cartoon that appeared in the New York Post on, I guess it was Saturday. Uh, uh, shows a picture of a uh, uh, President Trump uh, uh, cutting a, a chain between a cannonball and the U.S. economy, and I think that that uh, summarized the the situation beautifully. I think uh, he is. Uh, cutting the regulations he's uh cutting a lot of dead dead wood and more importantly he's waking up people within the the administ- within these departments who uh were stunted by the various um, uh, f- factions <coughs> which emphasize rules rather than getting things done i'll stop there jeff your your take on this
5: Uh, Well, yeah, it's very true. I mean, you know, you have to kind of think of motivation. Let's kind of cut to the real core of everything. What would Trump's motivation and any of the rest of those cabinet people be to be where they are today? Didn't the bulk of them already have a lot of money? So most people try to get into government because they want power and money. Well, they already kind of had the money. And, you know, they could have either retired or continued in their happy lifestyles and yet they waded into this quagmire and you knew they were going to get beat up verbally in every other which way. And then secondarily, if they then therefore went into it for the power, why are they devolving all the power away from their, from their hands back to the people? So their actions totally belay what they're really trying to do there, in spite of anything the media tries to portray, and as you described before, look at how few people follow the media. That was the brilliance of him using Twitter. No other candidate was using social media like, I, like he did. Everybody was trying to, you know, cozy up to the media, get curry favor with them. And Trump was like, oh, the heck with them. They're all fake. And if I keep saying it's fake long enough, it starts to stick And the only ones that that didn't get that label were the ones that tried to be more frank and honest and bounce about it, which was like Fox, not to play favorites to them, but as an example of what gave them their successes, is they didn't try to pick one side and beat up on it all the time, where everybody realized it was fake. And look at concurrently the growth of all the alternative media that's on the Internet against all of that. And on our last point to show you the effectiveness of this, I've got connections within the EU, and those countries are quaking in their boots because money and people and businesses are leaving those countries and coming to the United States. And the EU is maybe suggesting that they should sue us under treaties that we're not allowed to lower our taxes. So that fucking sound that Ross Perot described, yeah, that's coming back our way all of a sudden. The wave is coming back. The ocean went out, and the wave is coming back. But this time it's coming back as a tsunami, so it's going to be
2: pretty interesting these next couple of years. Agreed 100%. I live in Europe and you are absolutely right. The elite of Europe are at the end of their tether. Not only from Donald Trump, but also from the internal rising anger among the people who have been completely free and allowed Muslims to invade Europe.
0: We've got IQ Al Rizzoli. We have our, uh, our good friend Don Mazzella. And, of course, Jeff Cantor joins us today here on our big broadcast. Coast to coast, border to border, iHeartRadio, AM, FM, 24 com. Tune in iTunes, Radio Loyalty. And uh, as we wrap up here uh, with everybody, I want to start with IQ. How do we get a hold of you online, my friend?
2: Just Google my name. Al Rasuli, A L R A S S O O L I, and you have all the information you need free of charge, and it is not fake.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don Mazella, uh, bring us up to speed on your uh, on on your books, on the radio program, ev- everything that's going on out there.
3: Well, first off, I want to wish everybody a Happy New Year. I I was taking care of a a home problem when we first started, but Happy New Year, everybody, because I I, I firmly believe 2018 will be a much better...
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)